thank you that by your Holy Spirit you inhabit these praises of your people, that you are here with us now. Help us to sense your presence, Lord God, and we pray that that touch, that that presence will give us a reset for all of life, that we'll lean into life differently knowing that you walk with us, you're alive, and we are your Eastern people. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it's indeed a privilege uh, to have Cheryl Henderson with us here this morning. Uh, Cheryl's not just Chip's mom, though. She is, uh, that's probably one of her crowning gems when she gets to heaven, is that she survived Chip Henderson. <laughs> Many of you know Chip. But Cheryl, Cheryl is an evangelist and a minister of the gospel. Uh, there was one decade where she and her husband shared with business conventions all across the country, and over that decade probably won over 100,000 people to the Lord. She's an incredible evangelist, and the reason she's so powerful um, is not just who she is in a pulpit, it's just who she is. Um, there are friends here this morning that met her in the airport coming in. Uh, she just walks with Jesus. And uh, if you get a hold of that alone, today will change the trajectory of your life forever. It did for a disciple named Thomas. Remember Thomas? Doubting Thomas. Eeyore Thomas. And yet Jesus had, had promised him, just like he did all the other disciples, that I will not leave you as an orphan Anticipating his cross, he said that I will send you the Holy Spirit, that he may be with you always. I will not leave you as an orphan. <laughs> but Thomas watched him die. He knew he was dead. And, 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 and dead men go into a, a hole in the ground. They don't, they don't continue to walk with you. He was heartbroken. But something happened the Sunday after Easter that made doubtful Thomas believing Thomas. And this particular unsuspected disciple became the apostle for Jesus who went farther with the evangelistic message of Jesus Christ than any other apostle you can name. He went all the way to southern India sharing Christ. He could not be stopped. He would not be held back. He was a force of nature. Once what happened to him the Sunday after Easter, do you remember? That, that particular uh, Sunday, Jesus appeared to his disciples in the upper room. <laughs> and Thomas was the only one that had the guts to be seen in public. Maybe he was out, I don't know, getting supper. I, 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 don't, I don't know, where, but he wasn't there. And so all the other disciples, when he comes back, are absolutely elated that they have seen the risen Christ, that he is alive, he is a promise keeper, he is with us, and he is with us always. And Thomas says, you guys are nuts. And unless I touch his side, see his wounds, I won't believe that who you've seen is really the risen Jesus. I can't afford to believe in something and be broken again. Then a week later, he was in the upper room. So maybe it was two Sundays after Easter. You've got reason to come back next Sunday too, okay? 
And all of a sudden, Jesus was there. And from his encounter with Jesus in that moment, Thomas was never the same. He falls to his knees and he says, my Lord, my God. And he does so because Jesus has appeared. He hasn't said another word. He hasn't walked over in a corner and talked with one of the other disciples and said, now what was it that Thomas said last week? If he sees my scars and so forth, then he'll believe what an opportune moment. Let me go show him my scars. There was none of this kind of talk. of Just, just all of a sudden he's there and the first thing out of his mouth is, Thomas, behold, my scars. We, we, we don't know if he actually touched them or if that itself was enough. Why? Why, why would that have been enough? It would have been enough because Thomas had thought the previous week when he had told the other disciples that unless he saw him, he would not believe. He thought that Jesus wasn't there. <laughs> He'd been there all along. That's what Thomas got. You mean you heard that? You were here last week when I defied believing? You, you heard what I said. You really, what was Jesus doing for, for, for 40 days? He would have these appearances, these resurrection appearances where he would be there and he would not be there. And he would be there and he would not be there. And, and someone has said that what Jesus was doing is he was playing that same game with his disciples, teaching them the same lesson that we do with our two-year-old kids. It's called object permanence. But you know the game is peekaboo, right? Where, where all of a sudden you're, you're behind the couch and then you appear, and you go behind the couch, and you appear. And to a kid that has not yet developed a sense of object permanence, i.e., when you go behind the couch, you are not no longer there, right? You do this with a one-year-old. If you, if you roll a ball behind a couch with a one-year-old, he'll look right where it came, went in, see, thinking it's going to come out. You do it with a three-year-old, he'll go to the other side of the couch because he knows the ball's still there, and it's going to come out at that side. He has developed a sense of object permanence. And what Jesus was teaching the disciples is spiritual permanence. Even though you don't see me, I am still with you. And Thomas knew from that day forward there was no place that he could go that the power of Jesus Christ would not go with him. For he would ever be alone again. And something about that changed his life, changed his trajectory, changed his confidence, changed the impact of his life forever because he was no longer alone. Jesus had not left him an orphan and neither has he you. And so this Sunday, the Sunday after Easter, we gather to proclaim this great truth, to make it our own, that an empty tomb can mean a full heart, because he's here, and he's come for you. He wants to touch your life again. He wants to walk with you. He wants to empower your living. <laughs> and that's what this meal is about. We partake of his holy presence on the night that Jesus gave himself up for us he took bread and he gave thanks to you our father and he gave it to his disciples and he broke the bread and he gave it to them saying this is my body which is broken for you do this as often as you partake of it in remembrance of me 
And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he gave thanks to you, our Father, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and drink from this, all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, Lord God, we pray that you pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of juice and bread, that they may enact what they signify, that we may touch what they point to, your very real presence among us. And we pray, God, that as you touch us, you would cleanse us of all our sin as we remember it before you, Father. Your promise is that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We receive that cleansing, that healing, that empowering that's ours because we are no longer those who walk this earth alone. You walk with us. We thank you. We pray as Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now, as you may have realized, we're reinstating communion the way we always used to do it. Yay, God. <laughs> There's a few small exceptions. Uh, just for extra sanitary sake, we're, we're wearing gloves this morning. Uh, there you go. And also today, if you're just not comfortable with that, that's cool. Uh, we're not forcing anybody's hand. We want you to come and partake of communion. God invites all to his table who love him and earnestly repent of their sins. This table's for you. Amen. We're just the glad hosts. Jesus hosts us this morning. and he, He's calling you to himself. So if you'd like to come, if you'd like to take a, a pinch of the bread, we'll, we'll take that and dip it in the juice and give it to you for, to partake as you come through. Or if you'd rather have a packet, the packets are also available. And though we ordered them, and we will be forgiving the United States Postal Service, the uh, gluten-free packets have not come in yet. So these are not gluten-free, but they're the same packets we've been partaking of for a while. In future stations at this time, for those who need a gluten-free option, the packets will be there for you. Our heart is that everyone who wants to participate can participate. This is too great a gift for any of us to miss out on it. And so we invite you to him this morning. If you'll come by the outside aisle to the station and then return, uh, our ushers will cue you as to when to come. Uh, and I hope it'll be just obvious what to do when you come forward. We're so glad to have you here. And Jesus longs to touch your life this morning. You come and let him do so. Amen. Amen. 